the subject matter is sort of dubious. We call it by lots of names. Non-duality. Oneness. There are many traditions which speak of this oneness. That particular tradition that we generally speak from here is Vedanta, which is a tradition of India. In some forms of Buddhism, it is the core message. Taoism, Sufism, even forms of Christianity like Gnosticism or Christian mysticism have that at their at the root of their message. It's not a new message. <clears throat> Although it's the shape of the message sort of seems to change. <clears throat> it's always pointing to the same thing. And what it's pointing to is not something that is difficult. It's not something that's hidden. It's not a mystery. It's not something that is figured out. It's not something that is attained later. It's not something that you have to go through years of effort to achieve, although years of effort might happen, and that seems to be part of the process. It's really only a whittling away or a peeling back of the concepts that have been accumulated, or the imaginations that have been built. Because those are really the only thing that obscures what's being pointed to. In reality, nothing is needed. Nothing is going to change. The only thing that happens is that Reality is no longer taken to be made up of separate parts. No longer taken to be a world of things which are independent. It's no longer imagined to be a world outside of yourself. It is seen that there is only what is, and what is is whole. What is is one present happening. And that happening doesn't go anywhere in time. 
doesn't come from the past, doesn't go into the future. These are only ways of thinking and ways of imagining. Time is just a concept. There is no past except for the present thought. And there is no future except for the present thought. We call the past memory. We call the future imagination or anticipation. doesn't matter what we call it. <clears throat> Notice what it really is. Notice that the word is not the thing. But yet the word seems to create a reality. And that reality is then seen to be false. Because... You never move anywhere in time. You don't go anywhere. What was past, when it was reality, it was the present. And what will be, will not be the future. It will be the present. Right now is the present. It's not going anywhere. We can measure if we have something to measure. So we, we have the ticking clock. We've divided or created a measurement, and then we can say that there's a second gone by, another second gone by. But it's not moving. It's not really going anywhere. It's the present unfolding as this present happening. It's never going anywhere. So, to really understand the present, look at it a couple of different ways. First of all, let's say, what is the present? What is this moment? So let's, let's actually measure it. So if it is a moment, then it must start and end. Because that's what a moment is. Because we talk about this moment and that moment as if they are separate things, as if they are entities within themselves. Now let's look at this very moment. When did this moment start? When did it start? We can't say. We can't say when it started. When will it end? So let's wait for the ending of this moment and the beginning of the next moment. Let's see if it's ended yet. Has this moment ended? It's still here. And we can wait and wait and wait, but the moment is not going to end. As long as we are 
noticing, then we notice that the moment doesn't end. And then we notice the moment is just a concept. That entire measurement is just a concept. It's just a conceptual way of thinking. Because this moment didn't start and it didn't end. And it's not going to. It is ever the timeless present. It is ever this present happening. Whatever this happening might be, it doesn't make any difference. It's this present happening that we are pointing to. That we must notice. That we must observe. And in that observation, we notice how the mind works. We notice how the mind splits it up and tries to measure them and makes a concept out of it. And then that's taken and solidified as a belief. And then we talk about it as if it's real, but we can look and direct experience if we just stop for a second and rest in this present moment, we realize that it's not really a moment at all. It's just this present, this timeless present. It's not going anywhere. Yet it's ever unfolding. So we look at it another way. We say, what is this present? To know about the present, we must take a look at it. We must figure out what it is. What is this present? We talk about it all the time, but what do we know what it really is? What is the present? Can we talk about the present millennium? The present century? Is that what we mean? No, it's not. That's not what we mean when we say the present. Is it the present decade? That's the 10 years. That's not what we mean. When we point to something, we say it's the present. We know what we're pointing to. But it's not the present decade. Is it the present year? 2010? No, that's not the present. Is it the present month? Is it the present week? Is it the present day? Is that what we mean? It's not what we mean. Well, what is the present? Is it the present hour? 24 hours in a day? Is it the present minute? The 60 minutes in an hour? Is it this present minute? Is that really what we mean? So when this minute ends, there will be a new minute start. Is that what we're noticing? That's not what we're noticing. What we're noticing is not divided up by the minutes. 
Is it the president's second? Before we can even decide, several of those seconds have gone by. As far as measurement is concerned. We can divide the second even farther. Milliseconds. Microseconds. There's no limit to the mathematical division that we can use in trying to describe the present, but we never really ever reach it with a mathematical division. Yet it's ever here. It doesn't need to be divided or measured. It's ever here. So what length of time is the present? When did the past stop? And when does the future start? What's that length of time? When does it become the past and when does it be when will it become the future? What is that length of time? What is that measurement? There isn't one. There is no measurement for the present. The present really means no length of time. When there is no length of time, that's the present. No length of time means timeless. The present is timeless. So right here and now, in this timeless present, that's exactly what's being pointed to. That's the entirety of the spiritual search. It all has to do with this present, this timeless present. And anything outside of that is automatically a concept. Has to have to go into concepts to talk about anything else. So it is this timeless present, this present happening, this unfolding, this infinite potential, which is this timeless present. And in this present, we have experiencing going on. And now, whatever makes up that experiencing, we might say it's a voice, it might be the sound of bubbling water. Right now, it might be the sensation of a bud in a chair. 
might be the glare of a light. Might be the perception of colors on the screen. Recognition of squiggles, which we call words or letters. Might be the sensation of breathing or the perception of thoughts. That's the entirety of the spiritual search is to deal with, to observe and to recognize this present moment. And there is nothing else outside of it. There is nothing else that needs to be dealt with. There's nothing else that needs to be figured out. There's nowhere else that needs to be traveled. Nowhere else needs to be gone. Just this present moment. And it's present unfolding. Whatever that might be. Right now, experiencing is happening. So we might be able to equate this timeless present with experiencing. We might be able to say that this present is that experiencing. That they're not two separate things. They have two different words, but it's really two words for the same thing. This present is experiencing. Or the experiencing is the present. It's the same reality. Is it not? So what we call the present, really we could also call it experiencing we can say in the same way that experiencing is unfolding experiencing is happening experiencing is what is and we don't have to go anywhere else we don't have to take that any farther we don't have to describe the content of experiencing. We don't have to describe the content of this present moment or this timeless present. <clears throat> we don't have to talk about the content of it. We can just stay right here, still, in this present, in this experiencing. Now, the first inclination of the mind is to say that I am experiencing. Notice that that equation, that formulation, asserts something outside of the pure experiencing. It asserts someone who is experiencing and in doing so it creates the additional layer of experienced so then we must talk about i am experiencing the voice i am experiencing 
the squiggly lines or the glare of the light. So we've, the instant that we've slipped away from this present, the tension of the present or the observation, the pure observation of this present or experiencing, we've said, I am experiencing. And then we've had to create the subject-object equation. We didn't have to do that. It's natural that it happens. That we're drawing you back just to the present, just to the experiencing itself. But notice that that I amness is part of the experiencing. It was an arising in the experiencing. It was, it was something experienced. The I am was an experience. Therefore, the I was an experience. So that I is a construct. It's a, it's a way of thinking. It's a, it's a way of measuring, attempting to measure this present moment. Just like time is a way of measuring this present moment. The mind is, the mind doesn't like to stay with that presence. It wants to divide. It wants to split it up. It wants to explain it. It wants to measure it. it. wants to make sense of it. And it's okay that it does that. There's nothing wrong with it. The point is just to observe that and see it for what it really is. Notice that that I came up as a measurement, as an attempt to describe. That's all the I is. I as an individual, that entire story is built from that inclination, impulse to make sense or describe. So we just come right back to this timeless present, to this experiencing. We don't have to go to that I at all. In this pure experiencing, there is no I, there is no subject or object. There's no way to describe it. The very act of describing is the duality. But it's okay if we could say there's an experiencer, and then there's an experience, then we forget about the experiencing. We, we've, we've completely broken up reality into concepts. We've totally jumped into the concept and we've let go of the presence of now, of the present moment, of experiencing. We've now gone into the concepts about 
reality. Now that I, the experiencer, who is apart from the experience, who owns experiencing, who is doing the experiencing, that I is a component of time. It, it is a, it requires the measurement itself of time to exist. Because that I is nothing without memory. If you have no memory, you have no I. You have no idea of a life story. You have no idea of an identity. All of that is built on memory entirely. So that I is a component of time. It, it is, uh, time is a requirement for that I, for that, for that experiencer. And we can say the exact same thing about the experienced itself, the objective. It is a component of time. It's dependent on time. It's an object. It has to have a history. It has to have a story. It, had, it was there. Here it is. It, it will be there. It won't be there. It's all built in time. The experiencer and the experienced are components of that construct or that conceptual way of thinking or measurement. The eye is a measurement. But it only arrived after what is or that pure present experiencing was split up in an attempt to describe it or analyze it or make sense of it. It only arrived after in concepts, in construct, in a story. So that I is entirely a story. <clears throat> The experiencer and the experienced, if we come right back to present experiencing, to present what is, to this present happening, and we lose all of the, the concepts about it, we just stay right with what is, we're not trying to make sense of it, the words have lost their meaning. stuck right here in this present can't get out of it then really the experiencer and the experienced and that experiencing it's just this moment it's just this present which is it interpreted or translated by concepts. I wonder if you follow me. So we have non-dual reality. That's, what, that's what's going on right now. And the non-dual reality is conceptually divided in order to make sense of it, in order to describe it. 
But even in, even in the description, the experiencer and the experienced, even in that story, it's not actually dividing that non-dual reality because the experiencer and the experienced are part of the experiencing. It's just a, another arising in this present experiencing or this timeless present. We're still right back where we were and we really didn't go anywhere. We, didn't, we really didn't leave it even though we described it, we called it an experiencer, we called it an eye, we called it an object, we talked about it as subject-object, but we didn't really divide it because all of that is part of what is. All of that is, is that unfolding. That duality is part of the non-dual in its unfolding, in its expression, in its infinite potentiality. It's, we don't have to, we don't have to not say anything when we do speak in non-dual terms and have all that bullshit going on with all that. We don't have to say the right words and that's all bullshit. Even to describe it in dualistic terms, is that non-dual expressing itself? So whatever this present experiencing is, whatever it may be described as, whatever story we tell about it, it's still ever just the timeless present, which never goes anywhere, and there's nothing outside of it. And it's not actually divided, except in concept. Except when we forget that that division or that Description wasn't an actual division, but only a construct, only a story about it. Are there any questions? Looks like you got a new friend, Rana. That's okay, I don't think she minds.
<laughs> yes, they are twins. So there are no questions yet. There's no harm in asking questions. The questions are very helpful. When when you ask a question, consider that where is that question coming from? Is it coming from a place of duality? Is it coming from a place of we? I have already split up what is. I've already split up into concepts. And I've taken that split. I've taken that conceptual or imaginary story of reality. And I've solidified that as reality. And then I'm asking a question from that perspective. That's where the question always comes from. And the, and the answer will always be, will never be an answer to that question. It will always be pointing to the platform from which the question is asked. It will always be redirecting back to look at the pl very platform from which the question was asked. Because the platform itself is a construct. So every question is automatically false. Because from that space of timeless present, where you already are and can't get out of anyway, there are no questions. Yet if there are questions, then they must be asked. Because they are, they're like a, a flashlight shining in a dark room. And then all the cockroaches run are there virtual cockroaches infinite potentiality meaning no choice so examine choice examine what does that mean Choice means I choose. Now we can say that choosing seems to be happening. Thoughts come up. A decision is made and an action follows. We can say that much. That's fine. That's obvious reality if... If we want to go so far as to describe what is by the words thought and decisions and actions. But choice, there's no problem with choice. The problem with it is that there is an I who is choosing and that I is a construct. The I is a measurement. The I is a, is a thought. It's another thought. There's nothing wrong with choice. Choice choice happens all the time. To say there is no choice 
would be ridiculous. Not that it's never said, it may be pointed to in different ways, but to say there is no choice is ridiculous, because choice happens all the time. But who is choosing? Is there an I choosing? And if there is an I, that I must stand outside of what is, outside of this present happening. It must be an observer to the happening. Reality is split into two things. And then I'm over here, and then I'm choosing. Well, to be over here as an I, I'm automatically limited. Because now here I am all by myself. And I'm limited because there's everything else. That's a limitation. That is the limitation. That's the root limitation. Taking that I, that objective I, that that measurement, that construct, taking that I to be what you are is to automatically limit yourself. So to, to so when you say that that is identifying with the choice. It's like identifying with the hearing. I am hearing. So we're telling a story about what is. Hearing is going on. But there's no I that's hearing. Because the I is a measurement. It's a way to talk about it. It's a way to communicate it. It's a conceptual mechanism, but it's not an actual entity. There is no actual I, separate and apart, standing alone, over here all by itself. That I is just a conceptual measurement of to make sense of reality. It makes sense to the mind, but it's not reality. It's imagination. That identification is always imagination. And really, it's really easy to see that. We start with the most obvious, which is I am a good singer. Well, that's entirely relative, right? It's to- enti- entirely subjective. You know, I am a good singer. Now, that that's a, singing is happening. I am identifying with the singing. I am identifying with the choosing. I am identifying with the thinking, with the hearing. With the scene. So, singing is happening. There is no I doing it. It's just, it's just this present unfolding going on. And if there's an I brought up to, to describe it, there's nothing wrong with that because that's part of the unfolding. But it's when we are caught by that eye when we identify with that singing with that hearing with that seeing it's when I it's identified with the individual is created in that identification So the question is, why are you here? 
What are you looking for? What are you waiting for? There's a desire to understand what's going on. There's a desire because of something else, because of suffering or because of just a curiosity. There's a desire to understand. So there are lots of other things going on, reading books and watching videos and the whole internet is full of it. And then supposedly by sitting here and listening to this rambling on, there will be some sort of a transmission or recognition or some other bullshit. Now, that doesn't mean that something might be heard and that recognition might happen. But it's not a recognition that's new. It's not, it's, it's not seeing something new. It's not finding anything. It's not understanding anything. It's only that belief, that platform, gets a chunk taken out of it. It gets cracked. And maybe that false platform, that foundation, maybe that platform crumbles, breaks in half. And then it's noticed that what, what is being said here is obvious. What is being said here has always been the case. Not so, so in reality, nothing actually changes. Because even when that platform falls away, the only thing that happens is something is lost. That belief is lost. That foundation is lost. The, the crutch of the entire life story is lost. Everything that you've ever believed in, invested in, that's all, it's all gone. And nothing, nothing takes its place. Nothing takes its place. There's no brilliant blue light at the end of the tunnel. Nothing takes its place. It's absolute emptiness. And there's no individuality to be found. There's no need to prop up the ego. There's no need to continue telling a story. There's no need to rebuild any foundation. 
there's no handles to grab onto. There's just nothing. There's nothing there. It's just this. It's just what it is. And there's no way to describe it without using duality. And the duality is still what is. So it, it it's inescapable. You don't have to reach it. It's inescapable. It's already here. It's what is. It's just this and nothing else. It's not going to come in 10 minutes or in a week or in a month or in a year or 10 years. It's not going to come. It's not ever going to come. It's, it's already here. It's just being overlooked because of the insistence of the reality of the platform. And that, that platform is the individual. That is the platform. And when that crumbles, there's nothing left. There's nothing that takes its place. Now, the, the other side of that coin is that there is no longer any conditions. Because conditions are the duality. Conditions are the mind. The mind is placing the conditions all the time. But there are no conditions in this timeless present. So what is is accepted absolutely, unconditionally. And that's really the true meaning of peace. That's really the true meaning of happiness or love. It's really three words for the same thing. Un- it, those three words really mean unconditional. And that's this present moment. That's what is. That's this timeless unfolding. So there are no conditions. So let's say that a loud truck goes by and, and its exhaust is gone and it's really loud. Then, there, then there's a noticing that while that platform is there, the conditions are there. Then that there's a resistance to that loud noise. There's a tightening up. It's it's not allowed. It's 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 not you don't like it. So there's a resistance to it. But when that platform falls away, that loud noise goes on, and there's a noticing of that. And there may be a resistance to it. And that resistance is also noticed in the same way that the noise was noticed. So really both become objective. The the noise and the, the resistance become objective, become objects of observation. So the resistance, the conditions are objective. And the, the awareness of the resistance is not conditioned. There's no resistance to the resistance. The resistance is allowed to be. 
the loud noise is allowed to be, and that's all part of the unfolding of this timeless present. So there's still no grip, there's still no handle, there's nothing still to hold on to. There's no condition whatsoever. So there's just a pure awareness of the unfolding. So much so that we can't divide the awareness from the unfolding itself. It's all one reality. And that's obvious if you just look. That's obvious if you just lay aside the imagination, let the meaning drain out of the words just for a moment. And there's this, this present awareness, this presence is the same reality as this timeless present. It is the same. It is that. That is that. The timeless present is this present awareness. In fact, it's so much so that even the word awareness loses its meaning. The, the, the meaning of that word even is drained away. There's no room, no room in this for even the word awareness. It's beyond description. There's no way to even talk about it. Except we use words like what is or the absolute or oneness or whatever. Doesn't make any difference because all those words are all bullshit words anyway. Those also have no meaning. They're just way, ways to try to point to it. But it doesn't need to be gained. It doesn't need to be achieved. It is. And you are that. So what you are is that. What else could you possibly be? Is there experiencing of the timeless present? Conceptually, there is experiencing of the timeless present, but really, they're the same thing. The timeless present and experiencing, it's really the same reality, is it not? Where does the timeless present end and experiencing start? If we talk about experiencing, we know what we're talking about. That's simple and easy. We, can, we, we know experiencing. When we say experiencing, that's pointing to something. And we can... Say right now, experiencing is happening. We can say that without a doubt. And the present, as we talked about in the beginning, is really just this, this present. It didn't start, it's not ending. It's just this. Is that, that present, is that something other than that experiencing? Is it, is it different than it? Is it not the same thing?
Or we might also say it a different way. If I point out the present, the only thing I can point to is experiencing. And flip it around. If I point out experiencing, I can only point it out in the present. It's the same thing. It's the same non-dual reality. It's just this. Non-duality is not an object to be reached. It's not a goal at the end of a path. It's not a light at the end of the tunnel. Non-duality is what is already. Reality is already non-dual. It doesn't need to be made non-dual. It's only in the interpretation of reality that reality seems to be split up, seems to be divided. And there's nothing wrong with the interpretation. It can be interpreted any way you want. But in that interpretation, there comes suffering because there's that interpretation necessarily creates that I as a measurement and that I as a reference point. And everything is surrounding that reference. And because it's in duality, there are the opposites. So this is good and that's bad. So we want to get rid of all the bad and we want to keep all the good. But that's, that's, it's asinine. It's not possible. So it's all, you know, it's all pointing that reference point. It's always referencing that. So that's suffering. Suffering is just the basic fact of that interpretation as duality. But it's always referencing a false reference point. So when, when the reference point is seen to be false, it's seen for what it is. It's also in the same vein seen as not real. It's not. It's seen as only interpretation of reality. Therefore, all the reference for suffering falls away. It doesn't make any difference what happens because there's no one. It's not happened to anybody. That individual somebody that it's happening to is a false reference point. It's an imagination. It's a creation of the desire to figure it out, the desire to measure it. It's a, it's, it's an attempt to run away from stillness, from silence, from this emptiness, which is what is. The mind doesn't like that, so it, it runs away with it by try to make sense of it. It doesn't like mystery. It wants knowledge, so it builds that knowledge out of concepts, and then it, in that process, the eye is created, it, and then it's taken to be real, and then all the suffering is referenced to it, but it's all it's all a construct. It's all a story. And there may be a you know point of recognition where you know my whole life has been built on a concept. Everything I've ever everything I've ever taken to be real has been nothing but imagination about reality. It's just been an interpretation, a story. Everything, every last bit is washed away. And that applies to, let's say, to your loved ones. There are 
thoughts, individual separate persons there. And, you know, they're my family. I love them, whatever. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when that life story falls away, when the appearance is seen to be what it is, then it's recognized that they are appearances. They appear and they will disappear. And it's all part of the unfolding. So there's not real... There's no more investment in the story. That doesn't mean that, you know, we go up and live in a mountain and, you know, tell everybody to go to hell and go live in a mountain somewhere. That's not necessary. It's just that there's no more imagination being overlaid on top of everything. And when that overlay is gone, the other side of that coin is there and that is that love is no longer a relative thing so the you know the wife and the kids or the husband and the mother or the father whoever when there is no longer a story about them when they're seen for what they really are there's no longer an overlay of this relative love what we call love, which is not really love, but it's attachment, it's possession. And real love is understood to be a pointer to not, not without condition. Love means without condition. So while they're there, they're accepted. Absolutely. And when they're gone, the absence is accepted absolutely. And whatever happens, it's happening in that absolute space of presence. In that absolute space of non-condition. So then we might say that's real love. That that's really the love. That's that's the love that's spoke of as as real love or, or unconditional love. So we might see the beginning of that as negating the family and negating the individual. You know, you don't you can't love your family anymore, and you have to go to a mountain and all that. that that's all bullshit. When they are negated as entities separate there is the possibility then to notice the real meaning of love which is without conditions and then the experiencing itself is unfolding and that can those conditions are gone there's no longer any condition because the story is not being told anymore I wonder if you're following me.
Why is imagination distinct from ordinary thought? Thought, to even speak of thought, is imagination. What do I mean by that? So there is what is, this non-dual, timeless present, this present unfolding. With no way to measure it, with no way to build any knowledge about it, until we go into the measurement, the figuring out, the conceptual. So to split out a thought, to split up this, to split up what is, and then point out a thought, that's already imagination. It's already telling a story about what is. It's already measuring what is. It's already interpreting what is. And then we give it a name. And that name is thought. We don't really know what the hell it is. We could go right back to that raw sensation. It, what do we know about it? Let's back up from it. Peel it back. So we know what we mean when we say thought. But we didn't have to call it thought. We could have called it anything. So the word itself is not absolute. Thought is not an absolute concept. So we didn't have to call it thought. We could have called it anything. We could have called it a jar. As long as everybody agrees on the word, then we know what we're talking about. We've agreed on thought as the word to describe something. So now we take the word away, and let's stay with that something. We still know what we're talking about, but now it's lost its lost its concept we still know what we're talking about it's that something which the word's been drained away we don't know what it is it's just a so now let's describe it without having to use the word what is that something well it's a pattern it's a um, it's a movement it's a it's a perception it's data Well, we, we've just given more words to it. We've just used different words to talk about that something. It's still there. But still, I can't really give it any word. I can't really give a word to it because no matter what I give to it, no matter what I, word I give to it, it still has that no absolute meaning. Every word just is just another word. It's just another sound, just another vibration. We could have called it anything. So we still know what we're talking about. It's still there. But I've given up thought. And now I've given up sensation, data, pattern, movement. Those are still just words which are not absolute. They're just relative words arbitrarily given to the thing, whatever it is. So now we're just, we still know what that is, though. I mean, we don't know what it is yet, but we, you know, we know what we're talking about. It's there. 
but we have no way of talking about it. Now, when I when I don't when I don't describe it, it's just there. Now, there's the what we call thought. That's something. Now, there is also the experiencing of that something. Right now, we don't know what that is either. We call it experiencing. We don't have to call that anything either. So we know what that is, that experiencing is going on. And the thought, there it is, are those two different things. Where's the experiencing and where's the thought? Without the words, there isn't an actual division or separation there is there it's really the same thing when the thought comes it is experiencing there's really no need to give give it the additional layer and call it experience call it object call it thought we don't have to call it anything as soon as we start calling it something the mind automatically assumes its division do you follow that the experiencing and the thought are the same thing. And that so and that's easily verified in direct experience. What I'm saying is not difficult. It's it's easily verified. You can't point out experiencing without pointing to the experience. Do you follow that? When you're pointing out experience, experiencing, you're pointing out experience. It's the same thing. It's not divided. Now point out the observer. Point out experiencer. Point out awareness. Now there's a thought. Where, where's awareness? I, to point out awareness, I still have to point to the experience. Awareness and experiencing are really two words for the same thing. So, by, by default, the experiencer and the experienced are the same thing. There's no difference. It's the same reality. That's not mystical. It's not spiritual. It's not. It's just raw, peeled back reality. I never point to a separate object. I never see a separate object. I only ever see the experiencing. I only ever see the experiencer, the awareness. Or I can flip it around and say, I never see an observer. I only see the object. I only ever point to the experiencing. And we try to make it more simple by just saying it's all experiencing. It's all seeing. It's all, it's all this present happening. But it's, it's so simple, it's difficult. It's so easy, it's hard. It's so ingrained to think in terms of duality that the obvious, blaringly obvious non-duality is overlooked every time. 
It's not special people sitting up front here, gurus and all this. They have some kind of special experience and they're going to give it to you. That's all a load of crap. A giant load of crap. Reality is non-dual and it's easily verified. If it weren't for the concepts that are so ingrained that we constantly overlook that non-duality because we have to describe everything in terms of duality. Can't get out of that because it's so ingrained. So if there is an openness, and there is obviously because you're sitting here for this length of time, week after week, listening to this, if there is an openness, then just look. Just look at what is. See if the experience is ever, ever apart from the experiencing. And see that experiencing and awareness are really the same reality. It's so simple and obvious. The mind wants to, the mind wants to take it and turn it into some some guy, and he's got a light. He's enlightened, and now I'm going to be enlightened. I'm going to listen to him. I'm going to forget about it. Notice what is and be done with it. Stop chasing a pipe dream of enlightenment. Enlightenment is always here. It's never absent. Seeking it is why you miss it. Prison of the mind is built with the bricks and mortar of concepts. Nice. But that's a concept too, you know. Experiencing contains both. Without words, no division. Absolutely. Why do you choose to share what you know? <laughs> Who chooses? Once again, we we get the platform. We're asking it from standing on top of the platform, and we're not going to answer the. We're not going to answer a false question. That's like saying, why does the pink elephant on the moon live in a crater? How does the pink elephant on the moon breathe? How, where does the pink elephant on the moon find its food? It's, it is no such thing. Why we, we don't need to find out why the pink elephant is on the moon. We just see there is no pink elephant, and then we don't worry about that. So there is no one choosing. We don't have to say, why, why are you choosing? There is no one choosing. We can say choice is happening. We could say that sharing is happening, talking is happening. We, we can go into that layer of duality and talk about it. But to go and say there's an I doing it is just entire bullshit. It's just a concept. There is no one choosing to do that. That's an identification. That's the root, the root imagination. That's the imagination that starts it all off, that individual. 
So the, there is no one choosing to do it. It's just happening. That's part of the unfolding. That's part of what's going on. There's no, there's no need to figure any of it out. Why, why there's talking, sharing going on, why there's listening, why are you here? It doesn't make any difference. There's no condition. There's no need to answer why. Why is just for the mind. Why It's a pastime for the mind. Try to figure it all out. Who knows? Who knows why it happens? Why not? Keep peeling it back is a good way to put it. Take anything with you. Let it be that it's not it's not about some future attainment. To begin to seek it is to automatically overlook it. And where does that leave you? leaves you exactly where you already are and never left it leaves you right here this timeless presence go away and sit and watch see if you can find the ending to this moment it never will come you can't get out of it you don't have to seek it it's inescapable And then it's it's expressed in lots of different ways. And seeing is happening. That's a very powerful pointer. Seeing is happening. How do we translate that into what I've been saying? Seeing is happening. Seeing is experiencing. Experiencing is happening. Experiencing. There's nothing outside of it. It contains the experience and the experiencer. It contains all stories about it. It contains all duality about it. It contains all descriptions, all interpretations, all imagination. That's all included in what is. It's all included in this present infinite unfolding, which never started and doesn't stop. It's just this timeless present. It's just what is. Just this and nothing else. Nothing outside of it. Questions?
not interested in process for sure, but so simple it's hard. Seems to fit. Yeah. It's like the eye trying to see the eye. It's like it's impossible to grasp grasp because it's so obvious. It is the attempt at grasping which seems to obscure the obvious. Let's talk about a metaphor that Rana seems to like a lot. And that is of the the chain, the gold chain. And the gold chain is um Seeking the gold chain is suffering. It, it it's not happy. It's you know it's jealous of the ring. You know it's jealous of the of the bracelet. You know it's a it's just a chain. It's it's always hanging around the neck. It's smothered and gets hot. You know, it can never see the stars because there's always a chin in the way. You know it, the 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 chain is is suffering and has a chain of problems, right? So, somehow it hears of gold. Well, you know, there's some guru comes along and says, you are gold. What is, what is that? Chain wants to know what is gold. I'm told that's what I am. I'm sick of suffering. I want to know what, what I am. And knowing what I am, the suffering will go away. So I want to know what I am. I'm gold, so I want to know what gold is. I'm I'm chained, and I want to know what gold is. So it goes about the seeking process, which is, you know, sits in chain meditations, and, you know, it visits the Internet and goes out and... um, listens to YouTube videos of all these gurus talking about the the goldness, right? You are that, you know, wow, it's great. I'm excited. I want to find the gold. I'm going to go do lots of things and I'm going to get to, uh, I'm going to reach gold. The gold chain says this. So, The guru comes back and, and he says, so, you know, what's going on? And the chain says, well, I'm still trying to find out what I am. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for gold. I'm searching for it. And the guru just kind of looks at him and laughs, you know. Says, you know, here's some pointers, you know, go, go with them, whatever. Here's a mantra, you know, go sit in the corner and, you know, say this mantra a thousand times or something. You know, what, you know, the gurus kind of like, what's the point, right? You know, let's give you something to do to, to not, to, so you don't, you know, sit there and spin out of control about this stuff because the guru knows the chain is gold. 
The chain doesn't know its goal. The chain is taken by its appearance. It's taken by its shape. It's it's an ornament. It's a specific shape. It's got its own unique weight and its own unique shine, its own unique um, uh, form. So it continues on and it's searching, searching, but it never can find gold. It never can find it. And the reason it can never find it is because it is gold. It's it 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 can only find gold by being gold, by being what it is, and not being fooled by the name and the shape that we give it, and that's called chain. Just like we call it thought, we call it body, we call it world. We call it chain, it seems to be other than gold, but the irony is that it's not even gold, it's not even chain that's doing it. Because it's always just gold. Chain isn't a separate thing from gold. Chain is gold. It's just a form of gold. It's an ornament of gold. So the seeking was just gold doing it. The mantras in the corner was just gold. There really wasn't ever anything. There really wasn't ever even chain in existence except for a concept of gold. So chain can't seek chain can't find anything because there's no such thing as chain apart from gold so in the end chain does not realize it is gold and then become happy and not suffer it is only gold that recognizes after all that it is not chain that it is not limited by that Name by that appearance, by that form, that shape, that ornament. It's not limited by that concept, by that story, by that imagination of chain. It's only ever goal. So right now, you are that one reality, that singular, non-dual reality. You are it. We can say what that is but it's only going to ever be a name so we can say it's oneness we can say it's Brahman we can say it's God we can say whatever we want to say it doesn't make any difference what we call it it's that one essence that one isness that's that present happening now the totality Now, you are taking yourself, you are the totality, you are taking yourself to be the individual person. Just like the chain. And as that individual, you've got to find goal. You've got to find oneness. So you do lots of things and you try to find oneness, but how can you ever find oneness when you are that? You can't find it. In fact, it's not really you doing it, you the individual, because you the individual are just a concept of oneness, 
a form of oneness, a manifestation or expression of that one essence. So it's not really you, the individual, doing it. It's that one essence doing it. So you never realize that you are that one essence. It is that one essence that realizes it was never bound or limited by the idea of me, of that individual. Every step in the search is a step away from what you are. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what's what's the point of taking the first step? Be what you are. Recognize that singularity of experiencing that that, that this present moment is what's being pointed out. That present moment is non-dual. Experiencing is all there is. So the first step, try to understand it, the first step to try to describe it, the first step to try to reach it is already gone into concepts, into imagination, and forgetting that it is that imagination and the description and the duality where the trouble started in the first place. The first step away, the first step is a step away. The first step is missing the fact that the steps are the duality. And then we can say that even the steps are okay. Because there's still an arising of this present unfolding. Jane or the me thinks it can actually do something. Yes. The gold taking itself to be the chain automatically limited itself. So then the gold is not then 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 the gold believes that it is not bracelet, that it is not watch, that it is not ring. And those are all separate. In defining itself as a chain, gold limits itself automatically. It doesn't actually limit itself, but it, it takes itself to be. And that's where the hole is. That's the hole that we're trying to fill in spiritual seeking. That hole will never be filled in any way. Because we're, we're looking... We're looking for something outside, something something separate. The whole is only there because there's a sense of limitation. 
That sense of limitation is false from the beginning. So there is no hole to fill. See, the limitation is false and there is no hole. There is no longer a hole. Knowing me as only a thought ends the seeking. Yes. So just keep coming back to that present experiencing. And just recognize that the experiencer and the experienced, or the subject and the object, are mental measurements or constructs in an attempt to describe the present happening, which is never anything but non-dual. So the description never divides it. And if we look closely, the experience and the experiencing or the awareness of it is really the same thing. Because I can't point out experiencing unless I'm pointing out experience can't point out awareness unless I point out an object of awareness. I can't, I can't find awareness anywhere, but yet awareness is, we might say, what lights up the experience. It might say what illuminates the experience, what knows the experience. But if I have to point out awareness, I really can only point to the object. I can't point to awareness. Experiencing and awareness, it's the same thing. It's the same, two words for the same thing. Experiencing. So I'm pointing out experience. I'm pointing out experiencing at the same time. It's the same thing. There's no actual division in reality. It's so blindingly simple that it's overlooked. Any other questions?
how come it suddenly seems to dawn on people? I know no people. <laughs> well, you know, we could talk about that from several different ways. There seems to be Let's just make sure we understand one thing. There's no problem with talking in dualistic terms. Anyone that has to restrict their speech to eliminate all possible duality is an impossibility. It's ridiculous. It sounds ridiculous. And it is ridiculous. There's no way to not talk in terms of duality. Any any talking, any communication is automatically dualistic. So trying to make it non not trying to make speech perfectly non-dual is bullshit. It's 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 ridiculous. So there's no need to mince words. We can talk about what we, we have to understand is what from what perspective are we talking from? So if we're talking, you know, I'm sitting here talking to you and, you know, we're talking in a relative way. We're talking in a, you know, it's imagination that there's an individual here talking to an individual there. There's only experiencing going on. That's all there ever is. We could split that up to, you know, conceptually, we can say that I'm talking to you and we can go into that story and we could talk about Randall and Kat and you know, in a relative way. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just telling a story. As long as we know it's telling a story, then there's no harm in it. It's when we believe the story that suffering happens. So if we're talking in relative terms, um, you know, sometimes there's a, there's just a, an impulse. Um, Just to under you know, to, just to understand what's going on, and it might be born of suffering. It might be, you might be born out of just misery. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I feel awful, and I just want to know what the hell is going on. It might be just a curiosity. You know, I'm curious about things. I want to know how things work, and you know, I hear about this. It sounds interesting, and I just kind of want to figure it out. I want to know what's going on. You know. They say reality is, you know, different. It's not split up, whatever. So I want to, I just want to figure that out. I want to know what's going on. So, you know, that impulse comes in many different ways. And then that impulse is followed. So every desire really is a desire for that one essence. It's really a desire for that wholeness. It's a desire to fill that hole, which is really saying the same thing. Every desire really is that, it, whether it's buying a car or having a relationship, it's always at its essence about filling that hole, which is the same thing as finding wholeness. So there's an impulse to, to you know, this is one way. Maybe all the material things have been burned through, you know, bought all the cars, you know, dated all the prettiest women or what, what, what whatever. You know, I've you know made and made and spent a million dollars, whatever. I've burned through all the material things. I've never found any wholeness in it. I've never, it's never really given me any relief. I'm still suffering, whatever. 
So then we turn to more to the spiritual. And, and then we get deep into the spiritual and we go out and buy beads and, you know, we sit in meditation and we read books and we go see a guru or whatever. And, you know, we, you know, we kind of follow that path now instead of the material path, it's the spiritual path. And we're still looking to fill the hole. So now it's just a different tool. So, you know, we, we, in the beginning, we don't know what the hell we're doing. We're just kind of like following whatever we, you know, whatever comes up, you know, reading something, trying to figure that out, read something else, hear something else, try to figure that out. We don't really know what the hell we're doing. We don't know what's going on. And there seems to be a maturity where all that bullshit just kind of gets old, you know, kind of see through all of that, you know. You know, meditation's going to take me somewhere that to meditate enforces the idea that there's an individual who meditates. So at some point, it, it, it starts to contradict itself. At some point, it becomes a paradox. And it's that paradox where we're at the breaking point. Because I'm no, if I follow this through, at some point, all the stuff I've been doing, it, it dead ends because if there is no division, then even the individual is the root division. So who is it that's doing any of it? And now I'm at a dead end because I can't go any farther. No matter what I do, every question I ask is assuming that individual. Every question that I ask is assuming that platform. So I'm at a dead end. The mind can't go any farther. It, 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 it runs out of ammunition. And that's what we might call that maturity. We might say that you burn through all the other stuff and you've come basically to the point where you're at a dead end. And you could keep spinning the wheels, but you're still at the dead end. You're still at the brick road. You can't, you can't go any farther. Oftentimes, these meetings, you know, that's where we're at. You know, we're at a dead end. You might have been at a dead end for the past five years, but we're still at a dead end. We don't know what's going on. We just, we can't go any farther. We're just stuck. So, at some point, you know, we hear something that resonates we don't really know why it resonates but it resonates so if we're smart we follow that everything else that doesn't resonate we just get rid of it we don't care anymore we don't want to hear about this blue light of enlightenment bullshit we just want to know what the truth is we just want to know what reality is i don't want to hear any of that anymore so something resonates something else doesn't we just get rid of it we don't even care anymore this resonates, I'm just going to follow this. I'm just going to look into what's being pointed to here because this really, really rings my bell. And so we just really honestly open, we're open to what's being pointed to. And we can completely trust that because nothing's being asked of us. 
We're not being sold anything. We're not being asked to join anything. We're not being given robes and asked to shave our heads. We're not at being asked to pass out pamphlets. We're not, you know, we're not, we're not being sold anything. We're just, we're just showing up voluntarily and we're listening and we're told, you know, it's all bullshit, you know. So, so there's a trust in that. There's, there's just a trust that, you know, I don't have anything that I want from you. I don't even know who you are. I, all I'm looking at is a bunch of cartoon characters. I don't, I don't care. And you don't care. So there's a trust there because there's nothing to gain. So at that point, maybe an openness opens up, a flowering of openness. There's just an openness to what's being pointed to. A willingness to, to stop all the bullshit, look into the future, looking for blue lights and experiences, special states, just pointing out what is going on, what is reality. There's an openness to that. There's a real earnestness to take a look at it. To watch as these concepts keep bubbling up. To watch as the imagination keeps bubbling up. Just to be observer of that. And to just notice what's going on. And at some point it just clicks. It just something clicks. So maybe you're reading something and you know Bob Adamson says something but like Knowing is what I call intelligence, not the intellect, but knowing. It's a, it's, it's an activity that's going on. It's here right now. It's a presence. And that just, oh yeah. Now I see what you're talking about. Yeah, that's obvious. Yeah, that's, but wait a minute. That means everything I've ever, ever believed my entire life story is false. It's all imagination. It's all a big story. Wow. That's it. There's no big deal because it wasn't real anyway. It's so obvious that it wasn't real. It's just a story. The story as a story is real. And we can pretend and we can participate in it. We can talk about it. And there's, you know, we're sitting here in a meeting and there's individuals and we're all talking to each other. But that's the story. It's just a, it's just a story. It's just a play. So it's playful. And that, so that recognition is just a, oh, wow, you know, that's true. And, by the way, that means everything I've ever believed is a bunch of bullshit. It's all concepts. My entire life's been built on concepts. But you don't lose anything. Nothing's lost because you never had it. My entire life is built on concepts, but at the same time, 
because it was built on concepts, it was never true anyway. It was never actual reality. So nothing was really lost. And like I said, then there's nothing. There's nothing there. There's, there's nothing to hold on to. It's like you're... I don't know if I want to say this because this... You don't take this conceptually. Don't take this... But it's like you're in a well and, you know, there are rocks sticking out that you can grab hold of and you're pulling yourself up with the rocks but all the rocks are gone it's smooth now and you just fall but there's no bottom to it it's just dark and there's there's nothing there that doesn't mean that you know all this is going to happen and then there's going to be just a dark nothingness that no that's not what I'm saying I'm saying that there's no longer any grip there's no longer a foothold of concepts it's just this immediacy, this present happening, this present unfolding with no way to describe it without duality. Free fall, yeah. You understand what I'm trying to say. But it was always that way anyway. It, it's just that we were trying to grab hold of something. That's why we were constantly creating imagination because we were trying to grab hold of something because we were falling. We always have been falling. That still is very conceptual, but because of that, constantly grasping for something because we don't like the fall. We don't like the mystery. We don't like to be and not knowing without knowledge. The mystery is scary to the mind. So it's constantly grasping for something. It's constantly telling a story. It's constantly building this, this imagination. It's constantly propping up this image. That's what we call the ego. That's our. That's the defense against the falling. It's a defense against the being without a foothold, against the mystery. It's defense against the stillness, against the emptiness. The mind doesn't like that, so that's why it tells its stories. It's entirely innocent, entirely inadvertent. But there's not. There's nothing to fear. There's absolutely nothing to fear. <laughs> 